0: It was this man who taught me about the reality of grace. Not Sean Connery, James Bond. Now, when I was growing up in the 70s and the 80s, I think between the age of like maybe nine and thirteen, I became like a real James Bond buff. I wanted to see all the movies and I started reading the original novels by Ian Fleming and, and I so this was not my original James Bond, but it really is the original James Bond. <laughs> Something about like, you know, nineteen fashion and you know, the two wide lapels and the rougher collars, you know, that this is the classic James Bond here. So we're just going to go with him. So James Bond taught me about grace in this way. I always wanted to go see the movies, but my sister, who was a couple years younger than me, hated to go see James Bond movies. She said, I think when she was nine, that she doesn't like James Bond because he makes sex with strange women he doesn't know. <laughs> so it was my dad who took me to see... Uh, Never Say Never Again, which was Sean Connery's return to the role. And in kind of a meta moment, because he hadn't done that role in about 12 or 13 years, Q Branch, you know, the one with all the gadgets and all the cool techie stuff, welcomed him back with these words, Mr. Bond, we're so happy to have you back. Things have been awfully dull around here. Now we can get back to all that gratuitous sex and violence." Now, I was a word hound at that point in my life, and I had never heard that word. I'd heard sex and violence before, but i never heard the word gratuitous before. So when I got home, I went to the big dictionary that we had, and I thought that, okay, I think gratuitous because it was attached to sex and violence is going to mean something really juicy. <laughs> no. It just meant the first definition was unnecessary. And then I read a little bit deeper. Gratuitous was related to the word that I heard before, gratuity, tip. And the word gratuity came from a Latin word, gratia, which was related to our words, grace, gift, gratitude. That's how I first learned about grace. Now, up until that point in my life and really through my teens, I thought that grace was something kind of abstract and theoretical and a theological concept that had little to do with me. I heard about it a few times when I went to one of my best friends' Presbyterian church. He was one of the voices for, I'm going to forget this, is it Dr. or Mr. Platypus on Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood? Okay. Wow, we we got to bone up on our PBS here, I think. (laughs) I don't know it either. But the the minister there I knew did part-time work as the voice of Mr. Platypus, so that kind of impressed me. But the minister there also talked a lot about grace, and it seemed very different from anything that I ever heard about in the synagogue that I grew up in. But when I started to reflect on this idea of grace, not as a theological concept, that kind of scared me a little bit, that maybe someday I would get if I was quote-unquote saved, that in in fact, because grace was related to gratitude and gifts, I started to realize that I had received grace, even though I hadn't been to quote-unquote church my entire life. I had received grace in the form of my friends and my family and my own personal gifts, and I had received grace in the most profound way any of us can receive grace, which is simply the gift of being alive. Grace is a recognition that we have gifts, that very often we did nothing to deserve, and yet still these gifts are placed into our hands. And so it was James Bond that got me on the road to recognizing that grace belongs to all of us, regardless of where we come from spiritually. This message series, Grace and Gratitude and Gifts, is intentionally timed for the holiday season, This holiday season in which we will be, even if we resist it, we will be overwashed, overcome perhaps by all kinds of messages that we are waiting to receive something that we should really want, or perhaps focusing on who we are not yet and maybe might be completed if we get that thing, that something that we really want, that maybe someday will be complete. As I saw on Facebook, I think yesterday, one of these little snarky, sarcastic e-cards that people like to mock up and said, Only in America can there be this thing called Black Friday. This day when people trample each other to get cheap crap. (laughs) On the day after, we have been so thankful for the blessings we received. (laughs) Grace and gratitude and gifts... My hope is that in this message series, we can focus on celebrating on who we already are rather than getting into that someday syndrome or that elsewhere envy that perhaps at some point we will recognize that we can be blessed. The message for today, this phrase, original blessing, comes from a man named Matthew Fox who was a Catholic monk for many years, and recognized when he took a look with fresh eyes at his Scriptures, when he took a look at the words in Genesis, where the first pronunciation upon this creation was, it was good. When he took a look at human beings who he actually knew in the flesh and in blood, he didn't see original sinners there. He saw people who were originally blessed, originally gifted by this life that there was within us a basic core of goodness and wholeness, which doesn't mean that we have to be overly optimistic about human nature. It simply means that we are not inherently depraved. My deeper awareness of the reality, and I do believe it is the core reality of our lives, the core reality of original blessing that exists within each and every one of us, it is our birthright. It comes to me in the most non-theoretical ways. It has come to me through being a minister, more specifically being a pastoral counselor, receiving many people's lives as a gift sometimes when people are experiencing intense vulnerability and hurt and pain at times some of your lives. I have come to the conviction that original blessing is the reality of our lives because our hurt would not hurt so bad if we were not intended to be whole. The hurt and the need of healing that so many of us feel, I think that hurt is a longing for a home that is already our own. It doesn't mean sometimes we have any good idea about how to foster or recognize that original blessing, but it still means that longing is there and calls us back to a state of wholeness. This original blessing also rests on a conviction, which is this, a non-abstraction entirely that grace awareness begins, original blessing awareness begins in the core conviction that we don't make life. We don't make life. I mean, yes, in a biological term, we can say that some of you have made life, but in the most general sense, no. When I hear this phrase that some people talk about, that they are a self-made man or a self-made woman or a self-made person, It's not that I deny that individual effort matters. It matters a great deal. Hard work matters a great deal. But when I get in conversations with people who really insist that they are self-made, I win the argument, and I hate to put it that way, but I win the argument by by saying this, didn't you make the air? (laughs) The only thing you need to live your life, basically, a little food, a little water in addition, but the most basic thing is the breath. The ancients recognized this, that there is no such thing as a self-made person. In Sanskrit, they call it prana. In Hebrew, they call it the ruah. In Latin, it comes from the word that we might recognize, spiritus, the breath. The basic life force that none of us can make, but we can choose to live in intentional contact with. The deepest conviction about living and trusting in original blessing is that we don't make life, but we can share life, we can grow life, we can foster and nourish life. The natural response to this awareness of original blessing is gratitude, not forceful gratitude, but simply a thank you that says we are alive somehow miraculously, and we are the keepers of so much that is given us. An example of this that I particularly like is from this movie that some of you may know in this image, Saving Private Ryan, the point at which Tom Hanks has given his life to save Private Ryan, played by Matt Damon, and whispers in his ear these words that many of you might know, earn this, earn this. What a different way of understanding earning from the way most of our society Understands what it is to earn something. We earn something, and then we get the gift later. This is flipped around. The gift is given, and it only is in being responsible to our gifts that we can, in time, earn what is already ours. By this definition, original blessing and grace are free. But grace becomes cheap, when we squander our blessings, when we do not live an intentional life, when we are not in conscious contact with the gifts that are ours to share. So original blessing brings a really radical and beautiful sense of responsibility. If we really trust it, if you really trusted that as we light this chalice and say these words it's not just a symbol of that which is past it is a symbol of that which is real and here within each and every one of us the divine spark of our lives if we really trusted this and I'm not saying you don't most days I do some days I don't some days I get wrapped up in my own head and in my own pain and in what a cruddy place the world is and I really don't trust it I can say I trust it but I don't really trust it. If we trusted this original blessedness, this gift that is a part of our lives, our original giftedness, just ask yourself for a moment, how would it change you if you really trusted? I'm not saying believe. It's easy to say we believe something. Trusting something is much more important for an active and growing spiritual life. If we really trusted our original blessedness, What hardness of heart would this cure within us or heal within us? What greed, what clinging would this cure within us? What hatred or perpetual anger would it cure within us? What sense that somehow we are just completely inadequate would this cure within us? And to turn it around into the positive things, if we really trusted original blessing, how generous would we be with ourselves and with each other? How much more abundance of love and kindness would we share? How much more basically kind would we become? These are not abstract questions, my friends. This is the most important question we can ask ourselves. Do we trust original blessing? Einstein put it this way. He said the most important question we can answer is whether we consider the universe to be a friendly place. That's really just the same thing as saying, do we trust original blessing in our lives? Because original blessing is very different than original sin. Original sin is a condemnation. Original blessing is an invitation that only you and only we as individuals can choose to say yes to. We can refuse original blessing. It is not a commandment. It is an invitation. It matters because it helps to heal our lives and to heal the lives of other people around us. Original blessing does not mean that we instantly become naive, that we turn our backs on the reality of our lives, which at times show us how rotten, how cruel, how malicious, how just downright mean we can be to each other. Original blessing simply means this, that that is not our destiny. Original blessing means that we don't have to live life set against life, our own heart set against our own hearts. We can recognize that we are made to connect and the powerful nature of our connection is that we can be truly present with other people. That's sometimes a challenge, (laughs) sometimes a deep challenge to be present within ourselves. I saw in a movie not too long ago, a movie called Greenberg, which is kind of a cool little indie movie. in the character, main character, who's really a complete misanthrope, says with almost a core conviction of original sin hurt people hurt people. <laughs> Get that? Hurt people naturally hurt people. Well, original blessing says that doesn't have to be so. Even if our lives have been deeply hurt by others or we have hurt other people. It doesn't mean we have to continue on with those same decisions and those same choices. That's why asking ourselves the question, do we trust original blessing, do we trust the gifts of our lives, is a question, even if we have implicitly said no to that, every day up until this day, we can make a different choice this day. We don't have to live estranged from our lives most important sermon that I have ever read, put it this way, it's by Paul Tillich, who is a theologian who I would not recommend you read, (laughs) simply because you will then get angry at me for suggesting you've read Paul Tillich, because Paul Tillich is translated from the German, and Paul Tillich has sentences with about 10 parenthetical clauses in them that run on for a page and a half, and you will say, why do you have me reading this? Well, Paul Tillich was also a great preacher. A great preacher who got the truth of that abstract theology down to earth in his beautiful sermon called, You Are Accepted. Now, I want to share this with you in his words right now, particularly if you are struggling today. And I'm not asking for a show of hands, but you know within yourself, if you are struggling with feeling that you are acceptable or accepted or lovable or that you do not have value, please just listen to these words. See if they can crack the shell a little bit. Paul Tillich is describing the reality of grace. And he preached, Sometimes at that moment, a wave of light breaks into our darkness, and it is as though a voice were saying, You are accepted. You are accepted. Accepted by that which is greater than you and the name of which you do not know. Do not ask for the name now, perhaps you will find it later. Do not try to do anything now, perhaps later you will do much. Do not seek for anything, do not perform anything, do not intend anything. Simply accept the fact that you're already accepted. Find yourself, I'm going to take a little editorial break here. You find yourself resisting that? So I'm going to repeat it. Simply accept the fact that you're accepted. He goes on to say, we cannot force ourselves to accept ourselves we cannot compel anyone to accept ourselves but sometimes it happens that we receive the power to say yes to ourselves that peace enters in and we recognize we are whole and self-hate and self-contempt disappear and that our self is reunited with ourself so i'll repeat his words can you accept the fact that you are accepted. Not all for once, not for all time. We'll backslide. I backslide all the time on this. (laughs) I always forget that I'm accepted. And then I start living as if I'm not accepted and I'm not very much used to the people around me or to myself. But when we can make that daily choice to know original blessing and to know that we are accepted and we are originally graced and gifted, gifted, we will know the reality that we are enough. And when we live with the reality that we are enough, we can do beautiful, marvelous, and healing things. We will know the truth of what one of my favorite bands, Sunvolt, talks about in a song of theirs called The World Waits for You, in the line that says, Take what you need, but leave even more. That is living and trusting an original blessing. Take what you need, but leave even more. Because your gifts and our gifts matter. To trust original blessing is to move in the most profound way from that place of scarcity, regardless of how big your house is, regardless how much money you have in the bank. I know a lot of wealthy people who live scarce. And I know a lot of people don't have a lot of money who live in abundance. Because the deepest level of moving from scarcity to abundance is trusting original blessing. I mean, we can see it right now in our lives. We can see it right now in our world. I mean, Hurricane Sandy has devastated communities and has devastated individual lives. And yet, and yet, we are not seeing this. If you remember Escape from New York, that John Carpenter film, post-apocalyptic, everything was falling to crap. We have not seen, as I mentioned last week, we have not seen the zombie apocalypse, The hordes are not out to get us. It doesn't mean people aren't struggling or suffering or sometimes treating each other unkindly in the areas that have been most affected by the aftermath of Hurricane Sandy. But the apocalypse is not upon us, folks. Instead, may we aspire to remember this again. We have power. Please feel free to charge your phone. I have love. Please feel free to connect. You have compassion. Please feel free to share it. That is trusting original blessing. As Bill Isom, who's a church growth consultant, says in a wonderful book called Dancing with Dinosaurs. He says, new life comes to us on its way to someone and somewhere else. If we pass this new life on, we blossom and we grow. If we keep it to ourselves, we wither and we die. So today, may we trust original blessing. May we recognize that our lives and our own hearts and our own hands already are channels for streams of love and compassion. May our life be a conduit for that larger life that wants to live in us because it is already us if we choose to trust it. May you trust original blessing today. May you know that the universe is friendly today. And through that, may you make the universe a more friendly place. Amen. And may you live in blessing. Let's pray together. May we accept that we are accepted. A divine source of many names. May we simply allow ourselves to deepen down past our own hardened hearts or wounded egos or toughened skin. May we say yes to our gifts. May we know that the world waits for us to live in this way. As stewards of treasure so vast and so beautiful and so necessary right now in our world. Amen.